Welcome to my cozy crypt. Welcome to the Crypt Keeper's Coffin. A Tales from the Crypt Retrospective brought to you by Bat and Spider. Episode 17. Judy, you're not yourself today. started walking where were they going without ever knowing the way oh my god is that fastball yeah wow in my head all evening i was like why is he singing show tunes and then once you got to the when he said the way right my brain lit up and it's like oh my brain lit up from vh1 from 1998 or whenever that was. And fastball. Fastball. They uh, they exploded on the scene and then like burned out. I know they had other records, other Mm -hmm. albums, but sure did. I figured Chuck in lieu of a Crypt Keeper's cackle, I would sing fastball. Uh, It's awesome. I mean, we had close personal friend John Kassir on the on. Or the last bat and spider, so it's so now it's gonna feel really weird for you to do the cackle probably for a few episodes. So I yeah, understand. yeah, it's a, it's the greatest form of flattery is me shutting my mouth yeah. and letting the master do it. Do you think he if we start using clips from that cameo that we'll get sued by him? I <laughs> <laughs> think John Cassier would. I was gonna. I thought about cutting it up, but as I yeah. mean, it's like the video was watermarked cameo all over yeah. it. Yeah. Like I was thinking that. I was like, I mean, I'm sure we'd we'd get away with it. I mean, we only have like five listeners, so and I yeah. doubt any of them are lawyers. Um, but but yeah, we if, could probably get away with it. If they were lawyers, they would be cool lawyers. I want to read the cameo fine print. Like I really I was kind of interested. I was like, oh, you know, I'm sure they have that, like whatever T O S U check mark. You can't do anything with it other than watch it <laughs> on your phone or whatever. <laughs> My buddy Jonesy Loves Beer and I, we had an ill-fated, like a book club podcast years ago. Yeah. And uh, we we won like this auction for this audiobook narrator, Simon Vance, to uh, like record something for us. Yeah. So we had him record something for the show for us. Yeah. And uh, he was afraid, like he did it, but he was like, basically said, I don't want you cutting this up and making me say awful things. <laughs> oh, yeah. So oh, I yeah. guess that would be the big fear. Oh, man. And since we had a blood feud with Simon Vance at the time, we did exactly <laughs> what he feared. Who was Simon Vance? What did he read? What, what? How did you guys get into Simon's work? Simon, he reads a lot. He he mostly, namely, read uh, Jonesy and I both listened to the Bond books, the 007 oh. books, 
he read those, but he reads he read he reads a lot of books and he's An- top English of fellow, the game. I presume. Yeah. yeah. Simon. Simon Vance. Simon Vance. Yeah, he's king. I mean, there is no higher. Simon Vance is. Is it like a posh accent? He does it all. I'm going to tell you. He does it. like from me, like he's from Manchester. Oh, nice, Manchester, <laughs> as the locals say. Yeah, <laughs> isn't our uh, our good friend Dirk feel good from Manchester or around there? I think he is. I don't know. It's a small country. He would. He will surely tell us when he hears me. It's amazing how many accents that country has for how small it is. Like, how small and, is it? Is it like? Is it like as big as Texas? Yeah, it's it's got to be maybe the size of Texas, right? Does Texas have different accents within Texas, Dale? <laughs> yeah, that would be the same thing, right? And yeah, who? How could you pick it out? Really? Yeah, but maybe it, it maybe it takes more time though for accents to develop, though. Right, not just two hundred years. Yeah. So this episode's called "Judy, You're Not Yourself Today," starring Carol Kane and. Brian Kerwin and Francis Bay. What a weird episode, Dale. I honestly, I don't even know how to, I mean, okay, I'll give it a shot. This episode was about a weird couple who I don't think they had jobs. They just lived in a house. Mm -hmm. Uh, Carol Kane is the wife and she, sometimes they spoke in weird British accents, but then they would slip out of it. And I think they were doing some weird role-playing thing. Um, yeah. and the husband, Brian Kerwin was like, he's like a gun nut, but he dresses like a country club twit and they get a visitor from this old lady who says she's like selling makeup, but really she's got these magical necklaces on and, um, uh, Carol Kane's like immediately drawn to this and the old lady's like, Oh, try it on. <laughs> I know you like it. She tries it on. They switch bodies, Dale. Right? Yes. So so Carol Kane is in this old lady's body, and then whoever was in the old lady's body now has Carol Kane's body. So she's like, oh, I'm young again. It's Judy. Not even close. Now, where the fuck is my wife? I am your wife. We were married July 12th, 1979. Oh, you what church? Faith Calvary. Yeah, what was the name of the minister? Reverend Tenney. How many bridesmaids? Three. Well, who walked you down the aisle? My uncle. Yeah, well, where did we spend our honeymoon? The Black Hills. Okay. What was the room number of our honeymoon suite? We didn't have a room. We had to spend the night in the car because you forgot to confirm the reservation. Oh, come on! How could you know that? It's me. It's Judy. I'm, I'm your wife. Donald, Donald, my body was stolen. Uh, so she tries to like hightail it and then the husband figures it out way too quickly. Yeah. Lures her back. Um, and shit goes wrong. It's basically like a body switching thing with um, with magical necklaces. Big gaudy necklaces. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I, there's not, I don't know what else you can say about this episode. It's very weird and it's very like... It's it's almost like uh, I mean this episode felt like it was forty five minutes long, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. And it seems like what they wanted to accomplish was experiment in the genre and make something different with it. Uh, it like they they 
they used an um they used this score that wasn't really uh that matched the how about that score dale i mean we we should talk about because that was like the thing that was like it was so it seems so important to the director like whoever was like creating this like this score seemed so important because it was so in your face and on all the time but it was like the score of like a like a 60s like or like a 50s french movie like Mm -hmm. or like an italian movie like just this weird like goofy i don't even know what instruments were on there like maybe the accordion or something <laughs> yeah but it, it it just made it like this weird like i th- i think maybe it was trying to create a feeling of a type of movie i have not seen mm-hmm. and it left me just confused because i didn't understand the the references i think it was it was making yeah i, Did you I feel think that? I think it was trying to evoke these feelings of you you were watching something that that wasn't being portrayed on screen, like almost like they were trying to parody or use um, use what they had, you know, 1989 vibes, but to evoke like this older style movie that is almost like used silent movie soundtracks. I mean, because they used the soundtrack a lot. Uh, yeah like the whole first two and a half minutes of the episode is just um like panning across paintings and tchotchkes in their house oh but they, so long but they play the whole song before they <laughs> yeah. even start to speak and it, that's really set the tone for the whole episode yeah it was very weird yeah and then you're greeted with this couple who were speaking english accents but then like as soon as the doorbell rings because there's a some solicitor at the door they drop their accents like and it, yeah, yeah but they don't really explain <laughs> what they were doing which it's, i mean i'm i'm glad they didn't explain it because i think it's really weird <laughs> and kind of cool yeah. but but i couldn't i just couldn't peg these characters like i couldn't figure out like who they were in in earth you know like in the united States. i just didn't mm-hmm. i don't know there was something off about everything <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I couldn't figure out who they were. I couldn't figure out how they felt towards each other. Yeah. If they, I, I got the feeling that they were very much on the same vibe, whatever vibe that was. Yeah. Um, but at times, you know, it's almost like the husband didn't care that uh, the wife was switched for a while there and you know it's it all happened so fast because it's there's a lot happening in this episode it's all crammed into the your 20 minute fair yeah and yeah it was just a i couldn't feel out the relationship between all the players and yeah. the witch that comes along and switches the body forcefully happens so fast and without uh, it, and not a lot of explanation, which is fine. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I like how certain, you know, other episodes of Tales from the Crypt just lets you stew in that feeling because yeah. you got 25 minutes to tell a story and there might be more to this that you're curious about, but that's just part of the charm, right? But this was just, I don't know, it was just weird because you didn't really get any vibe about who this witch was. And um, yeah, I was particularly confused when the switch back happened, but it wasn't a switch back. Oh I mean, yeah. It, it was brutal. I got very confused as to what happened in, <laughs> in the end. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's the, Oh, there's the, also the cancer part. So 
this was like my only explanation for why they were role playing was when he was like going to get his wife, what well his wife's body with the witch's soul in it at the bus station or the train station. He looks over at a guy reading a paper and it's like some news story about a person with tumors, like cancers, blah, blah, blah. So then he like, it looks like he's like, oh, I thought of a way to get her to come back with me is, is to tell her that the body she's in is cancerous. But also it, it occurred to me, well, wait, maybe she did have cancer and that's why they're doing this weird role playing thing. Like, wow. <laughs> and that wow. neither of them are at, at work and they're sort of like living out their days as like this fake British couple. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was a, I think I was reaching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they just got off of a fox hunt and they were, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was, but, that was but, a reach, but yeah, I, I that like that. But that's also, I think that's another thing that I didn't like was how quickly this guy who was like, he was like, the, like he was like, like a weird country club gun nut, but boy, he figured this out so quickly. <laughs> like, oh yeah. A witch just switched bodies with my wife. Okay. I got to go get my wife's body back. And I, oh, I got to trick her. Cause she won't come willing me. Cause it's not my wife's mind in there. I got to like say, Oh, you have cancer, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, this body sucks. Which was, it was, I mean, it was stupid, but it was such quick thinking, the cancer part specifically. Yeah. But the fact that this old lady as the wife was confessing to him, I'm not, I am your wife. I am in a, this old woman's body. Uh, here's how I can prove it. Um, and then, you know, some random friend calls and says, your wife's body is at the train station. <laughs> and he goes yeah. and he like, he's still not sure about the wife. So he just locks the old lady up in the closet. And he, yeah. and he literally like fires a, I mean, he would have, if what the best part about this episode, I am skipping around like a maniac. That's fine. The best part about this episode was he's such a gun nut, but he's like, when he actually <laughs> fired the gun, yeah. he was so like peified about it. Like yeah, he, he couldn't like even hiding shoot from the, his own gun. Like he, like after he shot it, he was like freaking out. <laughs> yeah. He, he was like, he was pulling the trigger and it was like shooting everywhere, yeah. and, you know? And, uh, but I mean, he would have put six in her belly if he was shooting straight. So yeah, I, you know, it was weird. And then the, like he was convinced, but not convinced enough. So he still murdered his wife. Uh, who wasn't his wife? It was a, I mean, this this whole episode of uh, Crypt Keeper's Coffin is just a wash, I think. <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's very, it was very weird. And he, yeah. And, and he, so he ends up shooting the old lady's body. Oh, and he, oh boy, the, the way, the way he uh, celebrated after he killed someone for, <laughs> I guess, the first time. That was great. What a rush! Blam! 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 Ah, I blew her away. I fucking blew her away. Blam! 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 She's dead. Oh, and I feel... I feel so alive. He felt amazing. He felt alive. He was like... Having like... A rush. Um, oh yeah! Oh my god! From that was, hit of that was great of, of ending a human's life. He yeah. he was freaking out how good it felt. <laughs> that was so good, man. I yeah. love that side of him. Like he was finally like 
grew his, like as he was pulling the trigger like big old lumpy balls like grew out of his yeah like where his pecker would be you know what i mean like yeah. all of a sudden he's like oh yeah this is like my dream finally coming yeah. true yeah and so they like so they kill the old lady and then they bury her in the basement uh which they have a dirt basement interesting that was very interesting yeah and then i uh, mean it, and there was and, like a workbench yeah. down there like it was a basement yeah. Yeah, that, that it was you weird. Used. It's like a, uh, yeah, you'd think dirt basements are more like crawl spaces, but that seemed pretty big. Yeah, I don't know. Do they have basements in California? I don't know if they do. Um, But yeah, so they bury her and then it's like they they put the necklace in a safe, but Carol Kane is like so drawn to it. Uh, She's like really, she's not okay with it being locked up, but she she agrees to do it. Yeah, and they they go on living their lives, but they have you know, three months later, they're still having nightmares about it. And then all of a sudden the, Oh, Carol Kane gets the necklace out. I think that's, that's what triggered it. Right. Oh yeah. And she, she gets up in the middle of the night and puts it on. And then, and then the old lady d- digs herself out of her shallow grave <laughs> and appears, which I mean that, you know, this episode's not great, but that the, the old lady rotting makeup was really cool. It was she good. Looked great. Yeah. <laughs> and if it was the same lady underneath, like the old lady, Oh yeah, good. On I hope her. they, yeah, I hope they paid her extra for that. Yeah, so, <laughs> right. Yeah, she's that was a lot of. She makeup. is like, uh, you know, seventy years ago. Though <laughs> <laughs> so she's a Hollywood old lady, she probably wasn't even that old. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, that's that's probably true. <laughs> uh, I just a quick uh, intercept here of Ricky yeah. Ryan audio user on IMDb. The Looney Tunes of the series. He uh, reviews this episode. Oh. Horrible overacting, comical silent film style music throughout the episode, nonsense and slapstick trash. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Zero of three he people found this hel- review lot. helpful. <laughs> Gee, how many? Zero of three people found this oh, review helpful. Good. I'm clicking no as well. <laughs> Not helpful. Too rude. Yeah. Go back to internet school. Ricky Ryan. Yeah, and he ends up, uh, you know, he gets into a situation, you know, he's got these a rotting corpse and his wife's body arguing, saying, I'm Judy. No, I'm Judy. I'm Judy. And he, you know, of course, he's got a gun. He doesn't know which one to shoot. Um, Donald, help me. Judy. Kill it. Donald, it's Jake. Kill it. No, Donald. She switched bodies again. It's, it's me. Donald, don't let her take my beautiful body. Don't let the Donald, no! Shoot it! Shoot it! But they both end up dying, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I still, at the end, I still wasn't completely sure who was who. Not completely thought through. He ends up shooting Carol Kane's body, even mm. though his wife is not possessing of it. But once you shoot the body and kill the body, I, you're just going to be married to this old, decrepit, rotted yeah. zombie. Yeah. If you want the personality, you know. They probably should have taken that necklace off the old lady when they buried her in the basement. Yeah. Um that that the whole thing about switching bodies is that's <laughs> contingent on these two special necklaces that have to be on all the time. <laughs> like I know. what about when one of them takes a shower? Like do they switch yeah. back like for like 20 minutes? <laughs> 
Yeah, until the necklace gets put back on, and then yeah. you know, like the user, the possessor, is like in in charge of their own faculties once again, and they're like so surprised. <laughs> I mean, and what is what luck has this old witch lady had? I know to happen. And- they call her a witch the whole time. Like, the husband just decides she's a witch. Like, what proof do they have that she's a witch? Like, yeah, that's... In my mind, she she's just the last person who got stuck with these damn necklaces, you know? And someone stole her soul, you know? Yeah, that's true. She's She's been wandering for a sucker Yeah, to call her own. That's true. Absolutely true. I mean, uh, this is how people get in trouble, Chuck, and hung and dipped into moats, you <laughs> yeah. know? Witch finding. That's how you get a witch find that come into your neighborhood. God's work. Oh my God. Are we going to write a script for a witch finder comes to Southern California? Uh, like a time travel thing? Imagine the amount of witches in Southern California. Oh, so many witches. Oh my God. It would have a field day. Mm-hmm. And no one would believe him because they don't believe in witches. <laughs> right. But he would be finding, he'd be down at, in Santa Monica finding witches left and right. Yeah. They're everywhere. They're just, the witches would be just sticking up for each other. Yeah. Like nobody would believe the witch finder. No, no one would believe him. He would be the crazy one. Yeah. Yeah. Alston, the witch finder. (laughs) Oh boy, Dale. Mm. Yeah. This was a, I still don't like, I can't even like decide if I liked it or hated it. Honestly. I know. Like there were, I, I, I appreciated all the wackiness and I, I kind of liked the music and even though I like, I wasn't sure what they were going for with it and the silent film thing, now that you say that, that kind of makes sense, but mm-hmm. it'd be cool if it was, if they did it in, uh, like as a silent film. Yeah. Just take it, take it all the way. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's what was weird. It was like, they were like referencing that type of movie, but they were, it wasn't enough it, for like to like make sense, mm-hmm. you know, yep. but. Who am I to judge art, yeah. Dale? I, you know, it's this is why Tales from the Crypt exists, so people can flex their muscles and get creative. Yeah, I like that, you know? Seriously, there's a lot of experimentation, I think, going on Tales of the Crypt. You know, like, I'm just going to do it, you know, it's only got to be 25 minutes, and yeah. I'm just going to do something that I normally wouldn't do. Yeah. I think that's cool. Yeah. All right, well, tell me what we're talking about next week. If you would be so kind. Next week, we have an episode entitled Fitting Punishment. When funeral director, when funeral, God, when funeral director Ezra Thornbury gets his very polite young nephew Bobby as a roommate, he eventually learns his rude, harsh behavior towards him could be fatal. Oh boy. What we have here is Moses Gunn. Oh, he stars in, oh man, he's. He's in a lot of uh, Homicide Life on the Street, Hill Street Blues, Father Murphy, and uh, directed by a, a, a gentleman named Jack Shoulder, born in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I knew I recognized this name, and I just I went to his page, Jack Shoulder. Great yeah. name, by the way. Yeah. And he is the rube who directed Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, which is... One of the secretly gayest movies ever, and he somehow had no idea what, that he was making a gay movie, and it's spectacular. There's an entire documentary out about that now because of yeah, that. because of oh, it. is there? Is that because I watched? I guess I watched the Nightmare documentary that covers all of the movies. Oh Did yeah, you watch that? 
And that's how I learned about it. But yeah, that's cool. They made a whole other documentary about it because it's very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> it's, uh, what is it? Um... But yeah, it's like Jack Shoulder. Like you watch that movie, you're like how the F did he not know? <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Yeah, it's called the- It's a good movie. It's one of my favorite ones. It's called actual, series. it's called Scream Queen. Nice. Yeah. Um, my Nightmare on Elm Street. I think it's on Shudder right now. Ah, uh, good old Shudder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that's interesting, and that was after uh, that was before Tales from the Crypt. So cool. All right, fitting punishment. I mean, we're um, we're really stretching out season two here. It's uh, you know, this is like a full series. They call it full season. Yeah. What do we got? Eighteen episodes in this. Um, I think in this season. So I think so. Or so the next one will be the twelfth episode. So we're. Two thirds on the way, Dale. Butte. Maths. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's say goodnight to our kitties so we can go record the next band Spider Dale. Kitties and boils and ghouls. All right. Thanks for listening to the John Cassier cast. <laughs> I'm Chuck. That's Dale. We'll see you next time. Bye. Great ass, honey.